0: A swing a Deep
2: left. Way back. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Baseball America podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer. The fall classic has finally arrived. We are here to break down the 2022 World Series. And to do that, I am joined by my friend and colleague, Jeff Ponce. Jeff, Philadelphia Phillies, the Houston Astros, game one is upon us. I have to say this is not maybe the sexiest matchup that a lot of people were hoping for when you consider the possibilities of Yankees Dodgers or the Braves going for a repeat but I have to say these are two very very talented teams in two major markets with a lot of star power on both rosters I know I'm looking forward to this one and, and again I feel like generally there's a little bit of a of difference or a disappointment in the baseball community to this matchup or I should say in the in the general public but I got to say, I think this has the potential to to be a really, really fun, exciting series with the talent on the field.
1: Yeah, and I I agree. Um, You know, for me, I feel like the New York versus LA narrative is, is sort of worn out. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, people like to sort of pander a little bit and say big markets and what's going on and we need that to happen. I mean, Houston is the fourth biggest media market or fifth biggest media market in the United States. And then Philadelphia might be the most passionate, if not the most passionate sports fans and sports town in America. Um, These are, this is a great series. And I think, you know, it's funny because you have one team who, regardless of their transgressions in the past have for half a decade, really, dominated the american league in in a way that we haven't seen in a long maybe since the the braves of the 90s just in terms of making the championship series the amount of world series that they've made you know even turning over the roster and being able to replace the, the those players very star, star players very important players with good players from you know in
2: internal development I think the late um, the late nineties and early 2000s Yankees would like a word, but yes, I think since sure. Then, but the it, thing yeah, is with
1: those teams, with those teams, and, and and Kyle, I'm I'm forty years old. I those are the <laughs> teams I, I know them as well. But they traded for so many players. I mean, they went out and they got stars. David Wells was a star. David uh, Capone was a star. Um, you know, Wetland before Mariano Rivera was a star. Um, Paul, Paul O'Neill was a great player with Cincinnati before he came there. So I do think the core with Posada and of course, Jeter and Bernie Williams and all that had a lot to do with that. But, you know, I think when we look at this, that sustained period and, and whatever, uh, just the Astros and the Braves, there's some similarities there. Now that being said, Phillies are different Phillies. You have a lot of star power. You have a team that was heavily constructed in free agency trades, etc. Um, you have a team that has underachieved, frankly, I think, based upon what expectations were if you look at it over the last few years since they've made a big investment in the team. Um, but on the other side of the coin is they have this home field advantage and sort of this, this energy that you tend to see with teams who do the impossible and sort of surprise you in a championship. We saw it with Atlanta last year. So, you know, I do think that on paper, and and just logically, I want to pick the Astros, but there's this sort of like emotional side of me kind of reading the feelings and whatever that I I don't think you can count out Philly just because of how much an advantage playing in Philadelphia is those home series. And I think the Astros are wired for that. We've talked about it, but just the 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 contrast there of styles and builds and just reputations, I think is is really interesting and could make for some good drama if. Philly shows up the way they've shown up in this entire playoffs. It's really tough to pick against them at this point because I don't think the numbers the regular season, some of that stuff I don't
2: know if it totally applies cleanly to Philly at this moment. Well, as we've talked about since Rob Thompson took over they've been playing at a 94 win pace and you look at what they've done in the postseason as well. Sweeping the Cardinals 3-1 against the Braves being the Padres in five. I mean, this is a team that is playing really really well in the postseason and you know, winning series pretty decisively. So I would agree. I think you have to view them more as a team that, like we said, has been playing at a 94-win pace for really the better part of four months now and not just look at them as an 87-win kind of team. I, I want to go into that home field advantage a little bit later. I have I have some numbers to go over that really kind of drive home just how big of an advantage playing in Citizens Bank Park has been for the Phillies, both, both this year and for this franchise as a whole since it opened. But I want to talk about the Astros a little bit. You kind of mentioned it in passing before. It's been five years since the Astros won the 2017 World Series, and a little over a little under three years uh, since revelations came out that they want it. Let's just be frank they want it by cheating. There is no question that the trash can sign stealing scandal had an absolute effect on the games that were played and the 2017 World Series championship has a huge asterisk next to it. Um, There's no real argument against that. With that, if the Astros win the World Series this year, look, I think we need to stay away from redemption arcs and redemption stories. There's no redemption for for what they did and and how that organization conducted itself. But I do think if they win this year's World Series, it does add a little bit of... it, It changes things a little bit just in terms of you can say, yes, this was a great team. And they were able to win one clean, to to our knowledge. Again, we have no reason to suspect there's anything amiss with this year's team. But I do think it will change how this Astros run is remembered and how these teams are viewed. And again, there's been a lot of turnover, a lot of different players. It's not an apples-to-apples comparison. But just in the context of this run, you know, the fact is they won a World Series while they were cheating, very explicitly. And they've lost two other World Series. They have yet to win one clean. And I do think winning one this year, again, to the best of our knowledge, clean will change how these teams are remembered.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, we don't even have to look all that far in the past to probably come up with an example of um, that being the case. You know, I can look at my own home football team here in, in the Patriots and, you know, sort of say that I, I think some of the earlier championships were, Tainted by you know the cheating accusations, particularly the 2001 um title, but you know they ended up winning um you know uh what another four titles after that, so uh, excuse me, another three titles after that, so you know, I, I it, it it sort of changed the narrative a little bit around them around Brady, even with the Flake stuff and all that. I still feel like people kind of took a step back and like they won six Super Bowls, it was like you know, even years after all those accusations, et cetera, had come out. So I think in that sense that it does, it does provide um, a redirection of the story of the narrative a little bit for this Astros team. Um, and, you know, it, as you said, it's not redemption. What's been done has been done. I think everybody knows at this point, uh, not all the details, but enough of the details to uh, come to their own conclusion on you know how this all worked but you know in the end I I think this is this is a big moment for them and you know they had it last year they had an opportunity to sort of do the same thing they're back again this this year against another team seemingly of destiny from the NL East uh will they finish the job this time I, I don't know but um I think it would certainly go a long way in terms of uh helping them at least put it somewhat in the past if you know they win a title and there are no Cheating accusations that come out in the aftermath.
2: All right, Jeff. So let's dive into this matchup head to head. How these teams compare? There's been a lot discussed about how these teams. There's cer- certainly a gap in terms of the Astros won 106 games. Uh, they were the best team in the American League all year. Again, fourth World Series in six seasons. They've been a juggernaut. Where. The Phillies are in the World Series for the first time since 2009. Uh, They're in the playoffs for the first time since 2011. Uh, They won 87 games, you know, with the last team in. These are two very polar opposites just in terms of kind of their stature and their status in the game as we currently speak. But when they match up, one of the things that jumped out to me when you really dive into it, you know, offensively, I mean, this is a push. And it's not really a surprise when you look at the names up and down the lineups. But these two teams just – they're both absolutely relentless and, and two of the best offenses in the league. And they're very, very close. You look at it, the Phillies were seventh in the majors in runs scored this year. The Astros were eighth. The Astros were fourth in homers. The Phillies were sixth in homers. The Astros were seventh in on base. The Phillies were ninth. The Astros were fifth in slug. The Phillies were sixth. The Astros were seventh in OPS. The Phillies were eighth. I mean, neck and neck. And a lot of these, these categories, the percentage points, they were separated by you know two to five points. I mean, these are two teams that just compare very very evenly offensively and I mean look they can both bang you know you look up and down these lineups you look at the Astros you have Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker you go over to the Phillies you see Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins and JT Real and Kyle Schwarber and and just you know one through nine for the most part Martín Maldonado is, is a bit of a hole in the Astros lineup but for the most part these are two offenses that that are capable of blowing open a game at any point coming back from any deficit and Mm -hmm. when you just match them up i mean the, the offenses are very even the phillies can bang with the astros and vice versa
1: yeah um i think that's you know that's accurate and they have some variation in their lineup in terms of the phillies have some guys like the astros do um you know who who don't necessarily kill you just with the long ball uh you know, they can do it with death by a thousand paper cuts and taking extra bases and smart base running and and just, you know, smart game play offensively. Um, You know, Bryce and stop sort of fits into that model a little bit in terms of the hit tool. He's got the ability to sort of take what a pitcher gives him, get the ball in play, um, move runners along if needed. Um, Certainly Segura has that ability, um, you know, when he's locked in and he's on and and JT Romuto, who we've seen hit for power, but um, he's an incredible athlete and runner, particularly for a catcher. 21 the one thing I'll mention this um, year,
2: 21 stolen exactly. bases this year.
1: And we, saw, and we saw what he did on the, the misplayed uh, foul ball, excuse me, fly ball uh, to center field in the Brave series and hit it inside the pork home run. We don't see that very often. But the other thing I was going to mention, too, about the Astros is uh, with Maldonado is they can always swap him out for Vasquez, who is uh, a fairly good offensive catcher and uh, I will say has had some big moments over the years in clutch spots for the Red Sox. So um, it's, that's another advantage, you know, being able to bring that guy off the bench. And it's sort of the, the same with the Phillies who, you know, have some bangers uh, as well, as you said, up and down that lineup, but also just some depth in terms of things they can do situationally. Um, I guess the question that, that I, that I pose to you is, how do you feel they match up on the other side of the ball in right. terms of defensively before we even go into the pitching side of things and the bullpens, which I think will be a good discussion defensively, I think that the edge is certainly there with the Astros, though that has improved in the playoffs um, for the Phillies. They're still weak on the corners.
2: Yeah, and that's where it actually kind of plays it a little bit to to the other aspect of offense that the Phillies actually do have a little bit of an advantage. Um, So I will say the Astros are a much more patient team and a better contact team than the Phillies. Uh, They draw more walks, they strike out significantly less, but, you know, it's interesting. We think of the Phillies, a lot of the, the big mashers, they're actually one of the better base running teams in baseball this year. They were fifth in the majors in stolen bases. Uh, their stolen base percentage was very, very good. And uh, some of their advanced metrics, you know, base running runs, they ranked in the top 10 of the majors. Uh, they made the fifth fewest outs on the bases. This is actually a really good base running team. And that's going to help them. The flip side of that is the Astros are a really, really good defensive team. And they do a pretty good job of controlling the run game. They don't make a lot of mistakes. You know, you look at it, again, whether you want to use traditional, just look at number of errors made, or you want to use some of the more advanced defensive metrics that are out there now, the Astros are a top five or six defensive team by any measure. And and the eye test backs that up. Uh, This is a team that plays clean baseball. They have guys who can cover a lot of range, a lot of ground in the infield and the outfield. Um, They're they're stout behind the plate. And, And... I'm going to be curious to see, because we're going to talk about the advantage in pitching the Astros have here in a second. You know, one of the keys that I think can help the Phillies potentially pull an upset is if they're able to to get the run game going, you know, take a few extra bases here, uh, because every extra base, every 90 feet counts against a pitching staff that's this good. And again, the Astros are are pretty good at controlling the run game. But if the Phillies are able to get just, just a slight edge there, and again, a few extra stolen bases here, guy goes to first to third there, that's something they're pretty good at. It could help them scrape across an extra run or two. And, and you're going to need every run you can get against this Astros pitching style. So that's one of the keys to the series I'm going to be watching, actually, is, is the Phillies base running. And you have, one, you have one of the best throwing catchers in baseball. And, Va-
1: and Vasquez actually has never been a bad throwing catcher, to be frank. But, you know, Maldonado might be the best at this moment. So that's a great battle. That's actually a really good point that I hadn't even thought about. It's just, you know, the battle between Phillies base running and their aggressive base running. Versus one of the best throwing catchers in baseball, which is fun moments, right? I mean, getting the ball in play and you know seeing some of those plays uh, happen—that brings the excitement to me. I I I love I love stolen bases, you know. I love when guys get caught. It's uh, it's one of those things that uh, you know bring shake it breaks up the monotony a little bit of the pitcher batter matchup, you know.
2: Oh, absolutely, and then you know defensively again. Look, the Phillies' issues defensively have been talked about ad nauseum, and they're very very real and. Again, we talk about this as an Astros team that's going into the series heavily favored and deservedly so. The margin for error is going to be very, very, very small. We saw the Yankees series. As soon as the Yankees made one or two mistakes, the Astros pounced. They jumped on them, And there's just so little margin for error. You know, the Phillies are going to have to play clean baseball. And we talked about the defense has improved considerably since Bryson Stott became their everyday shortstop and they acquired Brandon Marsh at the trade deadline to play center field. It has gotten better, but it's still not the cleanest you'd like to see even in that series against the Padres. You saw, you know, Reese Hoskins have an error. Alec Bob had an error in game two and, and wasn't able to cope with the chop or somewhere else. It's not just errors. It's also balls that, you know, an average to slightly above average defender turns into an out that becomes an infield single with, with the guys the Phillies have playing. So, that's going to be one of the biggest things there. Talk about the Phillies maybe creating an extra run or two on the bases, but they've also got to make sure they don't give away an extra run or two with their defense because this Astros team is merciless. If you make one mistake, give them the smallest opening, they're going to pounce.
1: Yeah. they're. Uh, it's it's very much like watching a, a Floyd Mayweather Jr. fight back in his heyday where they're like a great counter puncher. They're very good with defense. Like it's like – they you very rarely see them just blow out and and like start, you know, throwing uppercuts. They can do that, but it's like, they, they they prefer to kind of the rope-a-dope you a little bit, you know, and kind of lull you to sleep and just wait for you to put your guard down. And then that's where they come with a counter punch. It's, it's, it's actually kind of unbelievable because they've done it so many times throughout the playoffs where the, this is a team. And I actually think this is somewhat true of the Phillies. These are two teams you kind of can't count out in any particular game because they have the ability to manufacture runs. And and they've shown the ability for long stretches out of the bullpen to to hold a team even when they're down. I and mean, we've seen Philly come back in games like that. We've seen the Astros come back in games like that. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out is these are two sort of never say die, you know, sort of fighting teams where how they go about it is a little bit different. You know, um, certainly, you know, uh, Philly's more vocal with it. But uh, it, it will be fun to see the contrast in style because they are two teams that, you know, there's not a lot of quit in these clubs.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and again, the Astros, th- there were times in the Mariners series where the offense was not quite clicking. But again, mm-hmm. some of that also was probably a little bit of a product of having a six-day layoff. So, so in the postseason, again, really small samples. We're talking about seven games in the Astros' case. They haven't been super explosive. I mean, they're hitting 227 as a team. Like the Phillies, you know, statistically have have been much better offensively than the, than the Astros have been this postseason. But again, it's different factors, different layoffs, different opponents. It, it's hard to make that an apples to apples comparison. But you're right; neither team is ever out of a game. Four run deficit early to these teams. You, you cannot rest on your laurels, if even if you don't make a mistake, just on their own volition. These teams are good enough to come back, but. Sure. Um, The slightest opening is all it's going to take. And both these teams have, have proven it. So Jeff, we've kind of talked about it's, it's a push offensively, pretty much however you want to measure it. The Astros absolutely have an advantage defensively. The more I dove into it, I I went in expecting, okay, yeah, the Astros have a better pitching staff than the Phillies. You know, their Phillies top two starters can match up. They have two good relievers, but the Astros depth is, is, is much better. more i dove into it the more it actually became clear to me the gap is actually even larger than i anticipated and it's not because the Phillies are worse than we thought it's because the astros pitching staff is just absolutely ridiculous you go across the board this team was second the majors in the ra this year they were sub three as a team 2.9 and that's playing in houston where there's a short porch in left field like the ball can get out there pretty easily Fourth in strikeouts, second in WHIP, second in opponent average. You know, you look at the Phillies. You know, eighteenth in ERA, tenth in strikeouts, fourteenth in WHIP, sixteenth in opponent average. You have an elite pitching staff with a very middle of the pack pitching staff, and and I thought that the Phillies' numbers would be dragged down by their bullpen. But when I looked at it, I was actually surprised once again, they're even their starters as a unit are very middle of the pack in, in terms of ERA and opponent average. They're, they're pretty good on the whip. They don't walk too many guys. That's a big reason why. But even just the straight starters, it's very middle of the pack. And, the, and then the relief cores, you know, kind of bottom of the pack, where the Astros, they're six deep in starters, seven if you want to count Hunter Brown, and their bullpen is just, again, the best in the American League. So... This to me is where it becomes difficult to to kind of suss out, oh yeah, the Phillies are gonna win this series because this Astros pitching staff, I mean, I I don't know if it gets the attention it deserves. This is one of the better, deeper pitching staffs I can remember in a postseason. You only have to go back to last year. You know, yeah. both teams were throwing bullpen games by game, you know, four. Mm-hmm. And the Phillies are gonna to have to use a bullpen game in game four this series. I mean, the Astros have six legit guys, you know, maybe even seven who you can roll out there as a starter and be like, well, oh, yeah, we have every reason to expect six innings and one or two runs.
1: Yeah, I think you could probably make the case, and this isn't even a knock on Ranger Suarez, who in many ways is like an Astros prospect who is maybe a little underrated as a as a prospect coming up to the Philly system and then developed into a pretty good major league starter, a, a lot like Javier Garcia and, you know, Framberg, obviously not on that level yet. But um, I think you could probably make the case that you might actually take Every single one of the, 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 the Astros starters as the third starter on even even Hunter Brown as like the third best starter almost um, on Philadelphia. I'm not sure he's necessarily there yet, but in the year, I think you could probably make that case. It's kind of remarkable. Um, the thing that Philly has done well is, is number one, they have a great top of the rotation. I would I would argue that they're one, two is as good as the Astros um, agreed maybe may, you might even be able to make the case that you you prefer maybe Nola a little bit more than Framber and think that you know Wheeler and Verlander are close to a wash that's that's fine um, the difference is is really after that you know um it's just there's so much depth on the on the Astros side what the Phillies have done a great job of though is finding sort of the right mix of pitchers in the right situations throughout this playoffs coming out of the pen. Um, and they've gotten they've gotten great contributions from their guys at the back end of the pen, um, you know, whether that's Eflin, whether that's Castillo, and, and certainly the MVP of their bullpen, Sir Anthony Dominguez. So I think by having those three guys and then kind of using some of the longer guys, whoever it might be, uh, situationally they've they've been able to navigate it a little bit and sort of manage sort of around some of the holes in their pitching staff and their bullpen some of their lack of depth I think some of their opponents have helped as well but they really haven't faced a team and there's really no one else but they really haven't faced a team with the level of depth on the pitching side and quality depth that the Astros present and I ultimately I, I think that's going to be their undoing in the series. Um, but I'll let you go, because I do have a question before we wrap up that I'm, I'm interested
2: in how you... Well, well no, we, we're going to go to the break, and then we're going to make our picks. We're not wrapping up. we got, we got a lot okay, more games good, good, to good. Talk. good. Yeah, no, I think this is where, again, it's, it's not a knock on the Phillies as much as the testament as the Astros. But again, the, the top of the Phillies rotation, it's going to be Nola versus Verlander in game one, and, and then you go Wheeler versus presumably Fran in in game two. You're right. Those match up. But once you get to game three and especially game four with the Phillies, you know, using a Noah Syndergaard bullpen game um, versus in theory, I mean, again, the Astros can throw any of Christian Javier, Luis Garcia, Jose Arquini, whoever they want. They just have so many weapons they can throw at you. That's where the advantage is. But we'll see what happens. There are paths to success and paths to victory for Philly here. And I want to talk about those after the break.
3: We're also going to make our World Series pick for you. So uh, stick with us.
2: All right, we are back. Kyle Glazer here with Jeff Ponce breaking down the 2022 World Series. All right, Jeff. So we've talked about how these teams compare offensively, how they compare pitching-wise, how they compare defensively, uh, base running. Moment of truth. What is your pick for the 2022 World Series? Who wins and how many games?
1: I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna pick the Astros in six, actually. Um, I do think that Philly could potentially steal one of the first two games. Um, I think they'll steal another home game. And, you know, I think that uh, Astros end up finishing this off in six. Unfortunately, I can't see it going seven. But part of this is is me wishing that we get six World Series games because I'm kind of facing that existential crisis that there's only maybe only four more baseball games for the rest of the year.
2: I'm gonna go Astros in five. Um, again, just the the quality of the pitching, of how sharp their defense is. I just think this is this is a really, really, really good team that is the best team in this World Series, and should, if they do everything they're capable of doing, you know, should be able to win with, with some comfort. And again, that's no knock on the Phillies or any great flaw on their part it's just a testament to how good the Astros are now that said, I actually do see a path to victory for the Phillies here and I want to ask you first, what for you is the path to victory because I have a very specific one and it's not completely unrealistic
1: so, so um i i had this was actually the question that I was going to ask you is how could you potentially see uh, a Philly series victory. Um, for me, I think it is, you know, they need to steal one of those first two games in Houston, potentially both of them um, go into Philadelphia with some momentum on Monday for game three. Uh, and, you know, I think in one of those final few games there uh, in order, they just need to have a couple of games where they outslug. Uh, the Astros and they just have to get on them early and often build up a lead and have enough of a cushion that they can withstand the the battle back that we're going to get from the Astros but you know I think when we look at the Mariners and how close all of those games were that really a couple of things break one way or the other and that series could go a different way I think we saw maybe some of the roadmap there that it's just a matter of sustaining those comebacks and there certainly were a couple of games there where the Mariners could have, could have taken a, a, a W from um, the Astros, certainly more so than it was in the Yankees series. That's how but yeah, um, they haven't lost a game yet. I, I do think they're going to lose a game in this series. And I, I know you do as well. And, um, you know, once again, there's some momentum here. There's some belief. There are superstars in the middle of this lineup that are performing like superstars. it it, there's definitely a chance it's it's not unrealistic to see them you know potentially do that but i want to hear your very specific plan and if
2: there's any crossover in our uh our two viewpoints so one of the things that i feel like maybe hasn't gotten enough attention justin verlander is obviously one of the best pitchers of the current generation but he has struggled in the world series pretty consistently He's 0-6 with a 5.68 ERA and seven career World Series starts. I mean, he got rocked pretty hard. 12 hits, seven runs over 11 innings in his two starts in the 2019 World Series, both of which were at home at Minute Park. So Verlander has really, really, really struggled in the World Series. So for me, the Phillies' roadmap to victory here is they get the jump on Verlander in game one of the World Series and split in Houston. If they can win both, great, but but at least get the split. If you go back home tied 1-1, and the advantage the Phillies have at Citizens Bank Park is really, really substantial. So the Phillies went 47 and 34 at home during the regular season. It was one of the five or six best home records in baseball compared to you know 40 and 41 on the road. They were excellent at home, even you know when things were going poorly throughout the year. And they're 5-0 at home in the playoffs. So this is a really, really, really good team when they're at home. And it's not just this team. This this stat was pulled out by uh, the Phillies PR staff. I can't take credit for it. But since Citizens Bank Park hosted its first playoff game in 2007, the Phillies have the highest postseason winning percentage at home of any team in Major League Baseball. The Phillies do not lose at home. I should say never, but for the most part, do not lose at home in the postseason. And we have seen that this postseason. So if they're able to split in Houston, and again, get the jump on Verlander in game one is how I think it would happen. Go back home 1-1. It's going to be cold in Philly next week. Not not freezing, but it'll be in the 50s, which is conditions the Astros are not used to playing in with with the roof at Minute Maid Park you are going to have a weather and an atmosphere advantage. The Phillies are a really, really good team at home. They have a chance to put the Astros in a hole. If they could split in Houston to get the jump on Verlander and go back home, I mean, it's not unreasonable for them to go up 3-1 in the series, 3-2 in the series. I, I would be shocked if, if they close out the Astros in five games. But if they could do that, and it's it's a very realistic scenario. It's not something completely, you know, out there they're going to have a good shot. So I I think that's where, you know, game one in particular is going to be key given Verlander's struggles, how well this Phillies offense is playing right now. If they can get to him, earn the split, go back home 1-1, they're going to be in pretty good shape.
1: I agree. And it just uh, further feeds into the narrative we've been hearing over the last few weeks was uh, the playoffs are chaos, right? So I suppose chaos could potentially rain once again in the world series and we could see a Phillies win um I think it's going to be a really exciting series I'm looking forward to it um and I'm looking forward to some some big stars potentially standing out and having some big moments we certainly got that in the ALCS
2: so I actually want to want to talk about that every every postseason there are unsung heroes guys who you know again every team has the stars that get them there but there's always a guy you know under the radar guy who's underappreciated who comes out and has a big october moment not always but many many times again both these teams are so star-studded there, there's not that many under the radar players but who are some x factors you're looking at guys who who could end up being big difference makers like i think back to howie kendrick in the 2019 sure. World series really good player with yeah. a long career but i mean the guy hit the game winning the world series winning home run on the road in late innings game seven it was great all postseason who who do you see you know maybe like that a guy that we're not talking about as one of the top five or six you know players on each team but who could end up making a big impact
1: yeah i mean I, we've talked a little bit about both of them but i think on both teams it's it's the young shortstops we have young rookie shortstops here um that have had some big moments down the stretch particularly Penas has have some huge moments Uh, of course we're all familiar with that but they also give them a level of stability in the middle of the field defensively and just you know um, making plays behind their pitching staffs and both of them have saved some runs and gotten some big outs and made some big plays I think they're kind of both x factors for their particular teams just from that execution standpoint that we talked about before and then you know the guy that I'll I'll bring up um, for the Phillies I, I think is Ranger Suarez he's He's pitched well in, in some moments. Um, you know, I think he's a little bit underrated and just a name that even amongst the industry maybe do, isn't as ballyhooed as as potentially his performance over the last couple of years dictates. And you know, if he comes up big again in let's say it is a one-one, we get him in say game three, and he comes up big at home, that could be a bit of an X factor, especially if you know we do go into a deeper series here. And, you know, the top three pitchers are maybe pitching twice in this series. It will be inter- interesting to see how that plays out. So I think the shortstops and then and then Suarez, just because we talked about the advantage of the Houston pitching, if the Phillies are able to get a performance like that out of Suarez, it's so huge because it evens the playing field a little bit in terms of that, that particular area of advantage.
2: Yeah, we talked about some of the Phillies' unsung bullpen guys coming up big for them in the Padres series. I'm kind of looking at a guy like Andrew Bellotti. He's made five appearances this postseason. He's he's pitched pretty well. You know, again, is that someone that is that extra guy that when Sir Anthony Dominguez rose two innings is down for a day or, or Alvarado's control is, is a little bit off. You know, they need someone to step up and, and bridge an inning for them. That's a guy that again, quietly has been pretty good this postseason. Uh came up big for them in game four. And and I think it's a little thing, but could help make a difference and uh, in, in turning this Phillies way, the Astros. It's hard to call anyone super underrated. I mean, I, again, I look at a guy like Brian Abreu, who talk about lights out relievers. Uh, six scoreless appearances with ten strikeouts, pumping ninety nine. I mean, again, he's a guy that that I think could make a, a big, big difference for them. Part of me wants to pick Brandon Marsh just because I think there's a chance he makes a, a game-saving play in center field and comes up with a big hit or two. But after watching him go uh, 0 for 13 with seven strikeouts in the NLCS, I'm a little hesitant to make that call. But I do think there's so many talented hitters in, this, in these lineups. You know, To me, it's which, which pitcher is going to step up, whether it's a starter, whether it's a reliever in a big spot. Uh, the Astros have a lot of candidates, and I think for the Phillies especially, it's which arm is going to step up in that bullpen game and game four, which arm is going to step up and get some big outs when the Astros have the bases loaded and and the tying run, you know, is on third base and and there's, you know, one or two outs at the inning. That to me is going to be the X factor type of stuff in the series. And no one pays to watch the relievers, but that is what I'll be looking for in terms of underrated X factors. Connor Bogdan. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. Well, Jeff, I think that'll do it for our 2022 World Series Preview Podcast. You've got the Astros in six. I've got them in five. We'll uh, we'll see how those hold up. And with that, that'll do it for another Baseball America postseason podcast. Go ahead and give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever platform you're listening on. We'd love to hear from you. For Jeff Ponce, I'm Kyle Glazer. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the World Series, everybody.